Hello, you are listening to On The Scene. My name is Danielle DeVoe and I am your host this week. We have another special COVID isolation episode for you, so I am not live on location. I am at my house in Midtown, but we still have a great guest tonight. Earlier this week, I caught up with Mike Elliott from Elliott and the Audio Kings, and we are going to hear my interview with him, and we're also going to hear some music from some of the musicians who will be hitting some of our venues around town this weekend. Of course, you'll also get your event listing, so stay tuned for all the latest in entertainment from DTK and Uptown Waterloo. Thank you. 
That was Sammy Duke, Speed of Life, and Sammy is playing in town this weekend. Do you want to know where? Well, you will just have to listen to our event listings starting now. So this weekend we have lots going on again. We've got some great festivals at the Kitchener Market downtown on Saturday. We have the Kitchener Market Fall Fair where there are going to be classic carnival games. You can ride in a spinning pumpkin. There are going to be great buskers from across the region and all kinds of amazing foodie finds, family activities and locally made art, art, artisan products. On Sunday, if you head down to Kitchener City Hall, you can check out the South Asian Cultural Fest Festival with music, dance, Indian cuisine, henna, and a bazaar. So some great downtown Kitchener festivals to check out. On the stage this weekend, we have a bunch of great uh, drag and burlesque nights. The museum on Friday night is hosting Pride Cabaret Drag Night. Tickets are $34. On Saturday, Descendants has Vixens and Teas Burlesque, and TWB has the End of Summer presented by Cinched Events. And you can find out more from Descendants and TWB websites. In film this weekend, you can check out at the Apollo, Bodies, 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 Face Off, 3,000 Years of Longing, Teenage Kicks, The Outsiders, Where the Crawdads Sing, and you can find showtimes at apollocinema.ca. The Princess Origi Original is playing Anonymous Club, Bodies, 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 Clueless, Heathers, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and The Princess Twin is playing Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, The Duke, and The Boss, and showtimes are at princesscinemas.com. In comedy this weekend, The Crazy Canuck has uh, Keith Pedro in on Friday and Saturday night. And in music on Friday night, DJ Bane is at Babylon Sisters, Acoustic Roosters at the Duke of Wellington, DJ 88 is at Jane Bond, Andrei Tikhonov is at Jazz, The Jazz Room, Maria Rigrock and Chris Lada are at Lana's Lounge, TCB is at Rich Uncle Tavern on the patio and Tyler Wilson in the tavern, and at TWB we have Maddie and Caleb from Just Fine. On Saturday night at Aid or Abe Herb Waterloo, you can see Midnight Sunset. At the Duke of Wellington, in the afternoon at 2 p.m., you can see Johnny B. And then that night, you can see Liam Greer. At Jane Bond, you've got Funk Popperol with Silent Sid, who was on the show a couple weeks ago. At the Jazz Room, David Little Quartet from Northern Ireland. At Lana's Lounge, you've got Annette Grottenstrast. At the Rich Uncle Tavern, you've got Maria Rygruck and Chris Lada. And at 8.30, Sammy Duke, whose song you just heard. At Strikers, you can see Sarah McLeod. At Yeti Bar, you can hear Croca with Faulty Rivals. On Sunday, for music, AOK -OK has CX Violet Hacker Boy Single Listening Party. Uh, tickets are $10 from Good Company Productions. And at the White Rabbit Hop House, you've got your Sunday night hip hop throwbacks with DJ Flash and DJ Diggler. And those are all of our event listings for the weekend. You are listening to On The Scene. My name is Danielle DeVoe. I am your guest host this week because Alison Dijak is on tour with her band, I The Mountain. And today our guest is Mike Elliott from Elliott and the Audio Kings. Mike, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. 
So we're going to talk uh, a little bit later about your new album and some of your songs and things you've been up to. But uh, right now, uh, we'd like to get into some of your music backgrounds. So for mm. maybe our younger listeners out there, how did you get started in music? Why? Why did the music call you? I think it's a similar story to, to many others is that, you know, when I was in high school, I bought my first guitar and I wanted to uh, play in a band. And it was that, you know, the romantic idea of becoming, I didn't want to be a rock star. I, I was actually really interested in, in roots music and particularly blues, but that was like, you know, you're almost, uh, playing pretend, you know, it was like, a, a, but, but now it was like for real, cause you, you bought a guitar and you were playing with your, with your buddies and that sort of thing. And I was really fortunate to find people that were willing to basically teach me so that they could have someone to play with. And <laughs> that meant that, that I got to learn a lot faster than I would have on my own. And certainly, you know, it's way more fun to play in a band setting than it is to just woodshed in your basement um, by yourself. So yeah, that's how I got started. And you know, like it, it was one of those things, this was a long time ago for some, like for me, it, feel, it feels like yesterday, but like um, circumstances, uh, the scene evolves over the years, like it, you know, there are ebbs and flows and, and certainly in the 90s when I started, uh, the early 90s, you could get, uh, you know, a bar gig and and just play, play blues music all night and that was fine. <laughs> so that was cool and, and uh, you know, we weren't any good, but you certainly, you you're cutting your teeth and you're like uh, learning how to how to perform and learning how to manage yourself on a stage, manage the audience or the people that, you know, were, were trying to ignore you in the bar or, or who are into it. That sort of thing is like, it, it's, is invaluable. And it certainly was super fun for, for me, like in the, you know, straight out of high school and into, into that bar scene for, for a while. So were you in That's Kitchener Waterloo? Were you in Kitchener Waterloo at that time? Yeah, and uh, there were a lot of clubs, like in uh, uh, the bars. Um, it wasn't like it. So it was in Kitchener Waterloo. Um, both universities had active music scenes. Um, there was a lot of spillover uh, from that. There were a lot of uh, very active bars in downtown Kitchener. With, with live music and um, there, there was an interest in uh, sort of start to build through the 90s and into the, into the early 2000s about original music. So, um, you know, cover bands uh, weren't particularly sexy at the time. Like it was more cool to be trying to do something unique. It was like at the heyday of the can rock 90s you know which was it was a big deal like there was that drove a lot of clubs and a lot of uh concerts and stuff like that they were cheap <laughs> you could go to you go to like uh you know 
a lot of cool shows on campus and stuff like that, 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 uh, you know, I imagine one day will return. I don't know, but, um, it, it was, it was a time that was, it was really fun to cut your teeth at that time because the, there seemed to be a lot of things going on and, uh, and a lot of fun. And yeah, Kitchener Waterloo was like, I was in, in Waterloo. We played a lot in Kitchener, some, some gigs in Guelph and, and certainly, uh, you know, there was a hot music scene in London and, and of course, Toronto. We didn't play Toronto very much, but, uh, that was just me. There was lots of other people that did, but, uh, yeah. Was, was there, a, is there a venue that you remember particularly fondly from that time period? Uh, yeah, well in town, I, the, the, the venue that I liked to go to the most was, uh, pop the gator, which is sort of a legendary venue. And I went there, uh, quite a bit, um, uh, as soon as I was of age. And then, um, a lot of us followed the late uh, Mel Brown around whatever club he was playing in, we would go to. So that was like, there were a bunch of those, but then for venues that you, you would go and try to play at, there was a, uh, an awesome place down by the uh, railway, <laughs> the railroad tracks called uh, Mrs. Robinson's, which was in the station hotel. Um, that was great for blues and alternative music. And um, there were, of course, uh, I think, the volcano needs to be mentioned because it was um, it was alternative rock. There was there was uh, not so much country then, uh, but there was a lot of blues there as well, and blues based sort of like Big Sugar and and um, a lot of that era style of like can rock was happening there, and there were a lot of blues blues clubs or like blues adjacent clubs. So Pop the Gator was one, the Circus Room was another. Um, and then on campus, in Waterloo campus, there was the bomb shelter, which was, uh, again, they did a lot of blues there and, and, and uh, just like the classic rock of the, of, or sorry, like the nineties can rock sort of thing. It, it was indie rock really. And, mm -hmm. um, Fed Hall, <laughs> There's, there was just a lot of, a lot of places to play and, and a lot of, of places to go and, and, like learn from so you go to see a show and then you you'd come away inspired and and uh you know incorporate that into your own playing or your own songwriting eventually do you remember what the first song that you wrote was yeah i mean i i, I do it was it's super embarrassing because it wasn't very good but perfect at that time i actually had moved i had moved away um to ottawa and i was frequenting the, the blues clubs there and i was um, I ended up falling with a band that was, they, I don't know, they foolishly were going to record a CD like right away kind of thing. This was in the late nineties. And, and they, I remember at the time, um, <laughs> I did the, the research to figure out what happens when you have to, if you put, play a cover song and you make a CD, what do you have to do? you pay these mechanical rights of, of and they were so appalled they they couldn't you know the the rest of the guys were so appalled that they had to pay these these royalties and i said well why don't i just write a bunch of similar songs and then we can <laughs> so so we did that and and i i wrote a handful of songs for for that so that 
but the first one I wrote was an instrumental uh, about a bus route that I used to take to to, uh, to work. So it was pretty pretty lame, but it it got my feet wet and and um, yeah. And then then you know there was like a thing for me. It's like well if I could write a song and the songs that I was covering at the time, nobody knew those songs anyway. So if I could just I write a song and perform it with, uh, with the same level of conviction or as convincingly as the cover song, then why would I learn how to use or play the cover song? <laughs> it seemed to me that I might as well spend the time and, and write one. So that's what I did. No, the songs weren't like, complicated or you know those early ones certainly weren't as I said I'm not maybe very proud of them now but um, yeah if I was doing cover songs that that nobody knew and if I slid in one of these these originals they they had the same reaction so so yeah it was encouraging to just keep keep doing that yeah it is sort of one of the harder things about the bar scene right now is that um people really are interested in hearing songs that they already know and it's it's very hard to play original music to yes. uh sort it of seems the, like that for me crowd. i'm glad you said that because like that's the impression i get um uh especially you know you you mentioned eye in the mountain and and um i'm sorry uh I, I, but there are a lot of really great bands and there have been, have been great bands, original bands from KW and the Tri-City area that, that, you know, when we had venues that would, I don't wanna say allow us to, but that were forgiving of, of experimentation, forgiving of early, um, you know, early versions of bands that were trying to work things out that you can't work out in a basement and that sort of thing. You, you do in a in a club with you know on a on a card with four other bands or something like that like we used to have those things and those places and maybe it, i'm under the impression there are fewer of those places i don't want to be you know the grandpa saying it's not like it used to be but at, at the same time i feel like there is more of an appetite for covers or or tribute shows um which are they, that can be cool that's just not something i'm interested in <laughs> you know like i'm not interested in that and i'd much rather hear a, an original act uh you know personally and all those people that we reference you know from over the the years we're not referencing really awesome cover bands you know like that's not like we're not <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We're not talking about like uh, those guys who are a wicked top 40 band. Like that's not, is that what we're, no, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and when you were talking about the scene in the nineties, you know, I, I kind of felt prior to the pandemic when we didn't know there was going to be a pandemic that kind of the live music scene in Kitchener, Waterloo was really starting to regain some of that vibrancy. And I felt like people really were, optimistic that there you know right. there was Rhapsody there were a bunch of breweries that were doing live music pretty often mm -hmm. yes. um you know so there were more stages around uh with kind of differing levels of expectations around how polished the band would be 
and right. different nights. So there's a lot of diversity uh, sort yes. of across the, the the weekly schedule for the venues that allowed yeah. kind of beginners all the way up to, to like hot acts that would draw an audience. And, and then of course the pandemic really snuffed a lot of that out, but I'm yes. hopeful that it's coming back now. Yeah. And like I said, it, it does, I'm sure in, in, in every town or like region, there's ups and downs and, and there's differing tastes from generation to generation. Um, I often wonder like, okay, there's more of us in, in, in the region than there were, even just percentage wise, there should be plenty of folks that want to go see a show. Um, I don't have the math on that, like the numbers on that, but I feel like there's, it's, there's gotta be people out there and there's always an underground scene that I'm that you know, like apparently in the early two thousands, there was a really uh, big underground heavy metal scene that I, I wasn't part of, but like, I was almost, I'm just glad to know that it existed. And I feel like there's got to be something that's happening now that we just, maybe we don't know there's an underground punk bar somewhere that, you know, or whatever, or, or punk is actually maybe an old person's music now. But what I mean is there's some kind of underground uh, scene that that is happening that that it just has to, you know, break out yet. It's, it's yet to happen. Um, and then the other thing would be is like, when you're talking about those, those venues that took those chances on indie nights, those, they, they were those venues that uh, had, they weren't just a bar that had live music. They were a venue that uh, focused on music. Um, those places, you know, uh, they build scenes by accident. Like, you, you can never predict, like, when you, you, when you make the stage and you have the, the nights and stuff like that, you, you know, it, it's still a gamble. You never really know what, when the scene will, will take hold and, and then take flight. Well, that happens, but we, you kind of, you have to invest the time. And, and I think that right during the pandemic, the, the, that the interest in investing that time, like waiting around to see if anything happens, maybe there wasn't as much interest in that, or they just couldn't afford it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. When you're, you know, at, you're at reduced capacity, there's only so much you can do. You can do yeah. takeout uh, wings and takeout cocktails, but not take the band yeah. home with you too. And I don't know how people like to consume like, music and, and I know that sounds silly but like uh you know the best way is live but but is there you know like when when you saw the bands during the pandemic and they were doing like these streaming shows and stuff like that and and different people had different levels of success with that and and also some people just weren't getting out of it what they want out of a music experience right that and um and, and I, I think that like also like added to the, uh, like the confusion over like, what, what am I doing here? Like, <laughs> you know, like who am I appealing to? I don't know who my audience is anymore. Like it was, it was maybe it just, it muddied uh, the water so much. Um, and so, yeah, maybe we're about to turn a corner and there's, there's gonna be a big change. Uh, but so many things have changed too between now and and what I understood, you know, to be the formula of how you, you know, you started a band and you recorded some songs and you made a 
like my first CD was a tape, you know, <laughs> and then you, you know, you made CDs and then you sold, you had a CD release party and you sold CDs and then you used the money and you record again and then you'd release another CD and you'd go around and around. That formula doesn't work anymore and uh, different formulas work for different people and that, that sort of thing affects the scene, I think. It, from my perspective and I don't know what you're like what's your experience with that like you know do people want to record and and have that artifact of a recorded thing either on vinyl or on cd or whatever or does it matter anymore I don't I don't know if that drives the scene in the way that it used to or that it contributed to the scene so I don't know yeah I mean it seems like you know some people are uh collectors or and you know have right. think about artifacts. themselves in the scene as wanting to have artifacts from the scene but i mean for a majority of people who are just going out and stumbling upon live music um you know they're they maybe live they're doing it the same way they do with their spotify where they just want to kind of randomly find it, on it. yeah yeah which is kind of, you know, it's kind of an interesting experience, but, and it is one of those, you know, fun things when you go to a new city and you're walking around the entertainment district and you can hear, you can hear the blues bar like two blocks right. away because it's hot and all the windows are open. And so, you know, right. there's something happening down there. And that's a really distinctive uh, experience that I think a lot of people can remember having yes. that. And it didn't matter that you didn't know the band. It didn't matter. You yes. knew the genre. And you could hear the genre. You recognized it. And, and you knew there and would be the cheap singer, beer there. You heard the player yeah, and you wanted to experience it. Yeah. But I'm, so I'm, I'm curious, is that happening when folks are walking down King Street now and they pass? But where are they passing? I don't know. Yeah. No, nothing. <laughs> nothing. I mean, Rhapsody was loud. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, that was like, like the, the, you know, I, we could list the, 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 I mean, there the are, there are actually a lot of uh, bars and restaurants actually that are doing music, especially this summer, are. I should say, I've no, been doing right. the event listings. So there are, yes. um, yeah. uh, you know, a lot, a lot of the patios were doing it, but I think this is the first season where they've really been able to, I mean, Rich Uncle Tavern back. had an early show and a late show um, right. every week. Most of the breweries had live music. Uh, mm -hmm. most nights and and like and they're really doing a lot of entertainment things so you know most yeah. and so places are having comedy places are having burlesque places are having drag and they're mixing it all together so you don't know if you show up one night if it's going to be yeah. a blues band or a drag show but you know that there's going to be something on right but that and that uh, that whole uh you know everything to everybody thing I, and i and i think that you know that's that's how venues stay alive it's like you know all of those different uh, entertainment attractions uh, mean that five nights of the week i can have you know people here but it, it is it, it's sort of a, it you know distracts from like if you're trying to do trying to do music in a show like i gotta know what night is is live music night and i guess obviously we know how to check our phones and and figure that out <laughs> but the uh you know back and i was just thinking about that this is a change in the venues as well like when you if you went to the rhapsody to see a show you knew about what, what time that should, would start and like before that it was like 
you know, this is restaurant time, dinner time. And then the entertainment started at X at time. Uh, in the uh, 100 years ago, in the 90s, like um, those club shows, those clubs didn't open until there was a show. Like it, there was, they were, they didn't open until 9 p.m., you know, or, or whatever it was. And there, you know, I don't know if the liquor laws have changed or whatever, but, and I know they have, but there, there are certain things that have affected the way those clubs can make money and, and, and stuff like that. Like the places that are just venues. Um, and then, yeah, the breweries, um, they're doing everything, like a little bit of everything. And uh, certainly uh, the pubs on King that, that you mentioned, you know, like they're doing a little bit of everything. It's hard to, to wedge a, a full band, even a trio into some of those spots, you know, just because of volume and literally logistics of space and um, stuff like that, I think affects the what what you can get in there and 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 uh, what makes sense. Um, yeah, it's true. There is there is a really strong singer songwriter and duo scene in the region right now. It feels like when we're looking at the event listings and. That yeah. to a certain extent might be an artifact of the types of venues that are most accessible to most people. Yeah. And, you know, there's also, a, a, you know, it's almost like it's, it's split into extremes where you have the solo duo, duo acts in, in pubs. And then in the summertime, it's like festival. Like, and then you've, you've gone right to like, now you're at a festival stage. And then, you know, then on the downtime, it's like solo duo again. And you wonder like, well, those bands are on the festival stage. Like, how do they, <laughs> you know, how do they become that band if there's nowhere for them to play throughout the, you know, the, the rest of the year before the festival time. And, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. Now there is uh, Maxwell's that is, is, uh, has a lot of big shows and they're starting to uh, sort of wade into the more, those more medium uh, shows and the local band size kind of shows. And that's certainly encouraging. I think that, that, you know, I see a lot of, they just had a, a festival last weekend where there was, um, multiple bands from town like uh, the, certainly the the bulk of them were from kw and and they were band bands not um you know that wasn't a so, solo duo thing it was like uh, more of a full band thing and, and uh, it certainly highlighted the potential there for like all these acts that um we have hiding <laughs> in uh i don't know where that you know like, like i was so happy to see some of those names come out again it's like oh yeah that person and and oh that's you know um and and a lot of them were well what i i guess i'm calling them young but they they you know these weren't these weren't like uh all bands from you know from 25 years ago or whatever like this this these were more contemporary acts which which was which was great so it's happening it's just you know 
maybe the formula has changed and they're trying to figure out what the new scene looks like and where we congregate and that that sort of thing like where is our home and i i don't know exactly if we have one yet but um that's what happens like every once in a while there's a new home rhapsody was certainly one for a while uh the the legendary boathouse uh from the early 2000s was um invaluable to many of us like my my old bands and and my my a lot of my closest friends you know that we perform there and you look fondly back on that and and if you go back even further those places that i mentioned like mrs robinson's and and um the downstairs of the walper uh uh, they had a club there that was really important. I can't remember what it was called. Rum I guess runners? It was just, yes, rum runners. Thank you. <laughs> that was super valuable though. Like these were places that, you know, uh, those were homes. I would, I would describe those as homes and I'm not sure we have one right now. Um, we, you know what I mean? The scene, like the home of, of whatever scene.
My name is Danielle DeVoe and you're listening to On The Scene. That was Friday night from Elliot and the Audio Kings. And of course, my guest this week is Mike Elliot. I thought Friday night was a good song to bridge our conversations about the venues and the scene and, and all of those great Friday nights that we've all had uh, in, in the region. So let's get back to my conversation with Mike Elliott. One of the things that was kind of nice about seeing all the bands that have been playing this summer around town is that people clearly during the pandemic put their time to good use. I mean, I'm, I, it's a, a really heartening number of bands uh, recorded albums during the pandemic. Yeah. And um, yes. of course that is true, uh, I guess for you as well. You just released, you released an album recently. So can you tell me a little bit about your album when you recorded it, how long you were working on it? Um, is it is it what you hoped to set out to, to produce? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it was, uh, it was a COVID project. Uh, before COVID hit, we had already uh, prepared those songs. So like the, the songs that made it to that CD were um, ones that we probably, Elliot and the Outer Kings were performing as part of our, our live show and um, we ended up recording it. Uh, we, we had planned to record it in advance. COVID hit, delayed things, obviously. During one of the initial lulls, uh, this may have even been before like vaccines and, and whatnot, um, we recorded it in Escarpment Scar- Sound and uh, just outside of uh, Fergus and that was in 2020 and then and then there was this long period of just like uh, we kind of stalled out a bit like you you know we recorded the bulk of the material um the only thing that needed to be done was sort of some spit and polish on on some vocal tracks or some additional background vocals and things like that but kind of because of the pandemic uh the fellas and i were separated a little bit physically and you know just uh everyone i certainly did retreated a little bit just in general um and then uh we did hire uh some outside players like uh, dave whiffin on on saxophone and uh matt weidinger on on keys to contribute to the record and that was all done uh virtually so i sent them I sent them uh, the tracks and then they played along and recorded them in their own home studios and then sent them back to me. And it was like this digital exchange. I'd never done that. That's been done obviously by a whole bunch of people. I've never done that before. And it was, you know, it's a little weird. Like, I think I had did a couple of these things, you know, where I talked to people over Zoom and Matt, I don't think I actually saw him. Once. I just talked to him on the phone. Like it was so weird. And then, you know, you'd, you'd send them something, and then you'd, you'd you'd have a meeting or a discussion about what you'd wanted to hear. And and I didn't, I can't, I didn't chart anything out, but I would, I, I described it what I wanted. Uh, and then some of the pieces were like, you know, they would follow guitar parts, whatever. But then that whole exchange over time where it's like is this what you wanted and you know you would do that and if you were face to face in the studio that would happen in a moment but this was like oh i'm going to try it out i recorded it then i sent it to you and i want you to listen to it and then you, you know then you call back it's like well it was, i like it but can you do you know like it was 
it was a funny uh, experience for me. I know lots of other people do that, but uh, so there was that kind of also delayed things until um, it was uh, just recently we had it uh, printed. Uh, so we mixed and mastered it, uh, I guess, in the spring of this year, and then it was out by August. And when I say out, it was like in my hand. Mm. I haven't, you know, it's been released on Busted Flat Records, but uh, I haven't done a one sheet for it. I haven't done publicity yet for it. I haven't contacted anybody. It was, it's literally right now in my basement or available at Encore Records. So I'm, I'm trying to do that next step, which is uh, uh, the part that nobody wants to do. Um, but uh, it, the record needs its due and, and uh, you know, it's another patch of original songs that, that uh, we've been fortunate to have a couple of them played on CBC that, and um, on CBC, the Kid Every Good Morning show. What the heck's it called? Morning Edition. Yeah, Craig McKill me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he he probably edition. won't. He probably won't listen to this. So don't worry. Yeah. About this. <laughs> yeah. So we, we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And Craig also played it on in the QC, which is his other show. Um, so th that was pretty nice of him. And I, I, you know, like. I just want to get it out and have it circulated a little bit more to give it its due and um, and and prove that it was worthwhile. So so I have to do that. Yeah, just more work. Mm -hmm. Why did you why did you name the album and why did you decide to name it that? So much to do. Uh, you know, it's funny. So that <laughs> that is somewhat unrelated, but it it kind of made me feel. Uh, you know, like there's a bit of, there's an, uh, some overtones on that record about um, the grim nature of like, you know, it wasn't, it was written, that one song was written before COVID, but there's like this sort of a grim kind of thing where, you know, you should take advantage of the time that you have. And certainly that was highlighted during COVID. It's like now that it's been, these things have been taken away from you. And some of the people have been physically taken away from us, like, you know, um, and it, that song is not very serious. Like when you listen to it, 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 it's tongue in cheek, but at the same time, there's an underlying message there of, of, you know, there isn't, um, there isn't always a tomorrow, um, to, to wait around and do stuff. And it's certainly, you know, the, the, the idea where, you should take advantage of your time when you've got it. Certainly now that gigs are coming back and folks can go out and do stuff, you know, we, we should take advantage of that time because we don't know when it, you know, what's going to go away. And then some of the other songs on there that there was sort of like a, a, <laughs> a reflection of, you know, the, the weight of, of uh, spending too much time in, inside your own head um and and then conversely like trying to break out of that so i think that's you know part of what so much to do that that song is about and and certainly the record as a total uh you kind of have to break out of uh being trapped inside your own head and and actually you know do something uh while you've got the time and while you're you're able you know 
So it's it's like one of those things where it's like a a, a, a heady ma- a heady message that's wrapped up in a Chuck Berry esque style song. <laughs> like it's it, super you know, upbeat and happy, yeah. And you're but... like, wait a minute, yeah. And it's it's funny like the the number the number of times where I played that I've played that song and then I looked into the audience and and you know saw people who who uh, that rang true to um, in a way that you know if you're not going through that experience if you're not going through the experience of of uh, something like that it, it means less <laughs> so. Uh, there's a lot of songs like that on the record that are kind of like, if you're going through something, the 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 song that you think is a throwaway song, all of a sudden it's, it comes really serious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's at least it gets recognized as that every time there's like a, a hockey celebration where they play um, big league, and yeah. I just always think, have you not listened to the words? This is really yeah. The answer not is no. They're not. <laughs> That's yeah. really not an appropriate song for you to be playing at this celebratory moment. Yeah, actually, there's so many songs like that. I mean, um, but but yes, and that wasn't my, certainly my intention when I wrote those songs. Like the usually, um, that's not how I write. So, like the um, you're not trying I, to trick your audience. I'm not trying to trick my audience. It just comes out that way, and and uh, then later I kind of feel bad about it if I'm performing it at a somebody's birthday party or something you're like oh man, that one's maybe a little bit inappropriate oh well there's nothing I can do now but um yeah there's a lot of those with like a like I said it's, it's you could dismiss it as just another blues song but if you were to actually listen to it uh you know blues isn't always recognized as a, a songwriter genre and, and that sort of thing but the the words are usually, um, they have a, a, a double meaning or there's a, a hidden intent um, or a, 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 you know, it's either delivered in a way that is intentionally ironic or it's delivered in a way that is supposed to be, um, you know, an attempt to hide something. So there, there is a bit of that on, the, on this record, but, uh, a lot of that I've recognized after I, you know, listened to it back myself with new new ears. So hopefully it's not. It sounds like a real downer. It's also a party record. I I, I don't know. I think it's a it's a good time as well. But uh, there's some there's some deeper songs there. I'm really happy that you took the time to meet with me. I've taken more time than I promised. What song do you want us to play from another local artist that you that you really like? I actually, I, I, I have to, you know, uh, mention Matt and just he's top of mind because I was, I was talking about uh, um, him playing on our record and Matt is such an accomplished uh, songwriter and a, a musician and, um, you know, he's one of those uh, not so deceiving talents where it's like, Every time you see him play, it's it's really evident um, his his talent and and a certainly um, anything from his catalog would would be would be fantastic. Yeah, Matt Matt Whitinger gets a lot of play on Midtown Radio. 
Um, okay, so I should pick somebody else. There's a there's a there's a Led Zeppelin fan uh, that does some of the programming who really likes Matt's uh, Led Zeppelin cover that he right. released a while ago. So he does, but um, mm-hmm. he's 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 always playing about town. So there's always a reason to put him on on the scene. Yes, and uh, he's he's in every band. Every band, every band. It's true. Everybody has Matt do something on their album. If That's you are right. a local musician and you haven't gotten Matt on your album, you're, you're breaking some kind of bylaw, yeah. I think, actually. Yeah. That and uh, if you need to hire a second guitar player, you, I think you're obligated to hire Chris Lauda. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a bylaw as well. I'm not 100%. We could look it up. I think it's a regional bylaw. Yeah, I don't think that the municipalities that's within their mandate. It, no, it, it, no. That has been put up to the region. Because the right. music we're thinking about the music scene and economic development terms. We want it to be larger than just the municipalities. They, exactly. They're not competing with each other. They're yes. working together. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm glad that we were able to get our bylaws straight. Um, also, um, <laughs> educational uh, role for Midtown Radio in terms of making sure that new musicians who are listening aren't going to step out of line. That's um, right. Yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, you can, you can, you can. The KW tweet. Gig Council will come down on them hard. Yeah, and, and exactly. Get, yeah. So if you need yeah. more guidance, reach out to Midtown Radio um at midtown radio kw and we can like get you in touch with the right people who will help you with the right policies navigate the policies yes. yeah it's a complex yeah. uh policy environment thank you so much for coming on the show it's been fun oh thank you i i really appreciate the the time and uh it was a, a great opportunity to chat thanks very much Here comes another day But what is there to see here? Best has come and gone You're left here all alone Just a hollow memory When did it all begin? It's really hard to say You started out so strong But time has worn you down Now you're living day to day There's nothing left to say Your bed has just been made Well, look at where you lay Are you where you want to be? It's not my place to say Getting closer now I can see it in your eyes The guilt's no longer there A hateful state of bliss Just awaiting your demise There must be something more A pain too deep to hide Does it linger every day? I suppose there's no escape I can see beyond the lights There's nothing left to say Your bed has just been made Well, look 
to sing You let it slip away So take your final bow And slowly start to sink There's nothing left to say Your bed has just been On the Scene is produced by Danielle DeVoe, David Harms, Alison Dijak, and Derek Rydell. We are brought to you with support from the Downtown Kitchener BIA and the Uptown Waterloo BIA. And we thank them for supporting our local live music scene and all of the arts and culture events that that we, we get to promote on this show. Join us again next week for hopefully a live on location episode of On the Scene. As always, you can find the events listings that we go over in this show on our website, midtownradio.ca, and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MidtownRadioKW. Thanks for listening. Check the light, city's on fire. If it bleeds, then it leads. If it feeds, then you fire. Check the lights, house is on fire. If you loved us, then you leave. If you leave, you're alive. Check the lights, phone is blowing up. If you need me, I'm a ghost. Bless my mama, call me up. Check the lights, boy is growing up. Spent the summer playing stages. He'll be home soon enough. Oh my.
the lights when the curtains close I don't know my way home, I come accustomed to the road Oh my, 